welcome to PCI Cast, a conversation about life and faith in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. Let's hear what the team have been talking about this week. Hello and welcome to our most recent episode of PCI Cast. It's good to have you with us. My name is Craig Lynn. I'm the Minister of Rathcool Presbyterian Church and I'm joined by my co-host Ben Preston, who is the Minister of Craigie Hill Presbyterian Church. How are you today, Ben? Are you well? I am well. This is the 58th day of lockdown and I think it, it's 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 a little bit like a reverse advent calendar with, with no sweets. It's not fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> but we pray that we pray that it will come to an end soon and very, very soon. Oh, already we're starting to see in Northern Ireland, uh, for our international listeners, um, uh, we're in these steps. We're, we're walking up the steps or walking down the steps towards uh, lockdown. So we're at step one, aren't we? And that, that's We fun. are. We are. Uh, so we got to go and sit in my parents' back garden yesterday in like four four separate corners and had burgers served to us which was uh which was just tremendous but it, it was it, the, the fact that we're even allowed to to do that at this stage was is great i mean it was two months and five days since we last saw my parents uh, i don't know about you are you hoping to see uh keith today you were saying ben oh yeah yes uh he uh we, we hope to see him and Jeanette soon and very soon and uh, Je- jenny's dad's shielding and so it might be a little bit longer uh, before that but that's okay Cool. Well, before we introduce our guests, we have some housekeeping as we usually do. Our, our last episode, we gave away uh, a copy of The Pilgrim's Progress, and we're going to get our friends over at Pilgrim's Podcast to, to sign that and give it away to our winner this month or this episode. Uh, and our winner, Ben, is Mr. Andrew Houston. A friend of the podcast and liker, retweeter, and we are pleased about that. Yeah, fantastic. So, Andrew, we'll get that to you uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, you may have heard some uh, some kind of golf clap there in the background <laughs> as we were announcing uh, Andrew as the winner of our giveaway. Uh, it was our, our guests for today's episode. So I want to introduce uh, our guests for today. We've got uh, Leslie Ann Wilkinson and Chris Gardner with us to, to have a chat with us. So hello, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having us. Morning. Uh, I'll not do any more by way of introduction. I'll leave that up to, to you guys. T- tell us a little bit about your, yourselves. Leslie Ann, you kick us off. Thanks, Craig. Yes, so um, I'm Leslie Ann Wilkinson. I live uh, outside of Rich Hill, a place called Anakmore, which I'll be very impressed if any of your listeners know of it. I didn't know about it until we moved here, to be fair. Um, so I belong to Rich Hill Presbyterian. Um, I also work there, actually. I'm the women's discipleship worker there very privileged to get to serve the people there of my home congregation. Um, Previously I taught Spanish as a Spanish teacher for a few years. I'm married to Chris. Chris, Ben actually knows Chris. Ben um, is very dear to us. Not a different Chris. Yes, that's a good clarification. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That could have gone down very differently. Um, yeah, so Ben, when he served as assistant in Richill, Ben actually was really crucial in leading Chris to um, to the Lord. So like, Ben is very dear to us. But we um, have our border collie, Heidi, who is more like a child to us, I'm not going to lie. And that's, that's about us. Cool. Uh, and Chris, uh, who is not Leslie Ann's <laughs> husband, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Who, 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 is, who is Chris Gardner? I'm Chris Gardner. Um, I live in Hillsborough. 
So if it's good enough for the Queen, it's good enough for me. Um, <laughs> I am originally from um, Drumboo, uh, and that's where I still go to church. I'm a member of Drumboo Presbyterian. Um, I have been, I've known Ben since uh, way back at university, um, somewhere 19 years. Um, <sighs> yeah, 19, <laughs> 19 long years. Um, in the midst of all that, I managed to hang around at the Mad Weekend for far too long. Um, I have a wonderful wife, Gemma, who's a Tyrone lady, and two kids, Gabriel and Matilda. Matilda's four and Gabriel is two. Um, and for my sins, I am a non-professional Christian in that uh, I work in the real world. Yes. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> So I'm a dentist. Um, I sort of background in oral surgery uh, and master's in implantology. And my wife and I have a practice in Lisburn. Um, and I work a few other places in Newry and Belfast. Guys, thank you so much uh, for introducing yourselves to um, us and also to the listeners. Let's talk a little bit about life in lockdown and differences uh, for you guys. In, in family, in work. Uh, Chris, let's uh, start with you. Um, yeah. What is dentistry like? We hear about it in the news. We hear a little bit about an emergency dentistry and all the rest. Uh, how does this affect you? Um, well done for hearing about us in the news because I haven't heard us about us in the news. Um, <laughs> it's like we've been, we're the forgotten souls in the yeah. midst of this uh, health crisis. Um, no, so as you say, 54 days of lockdown. Um, dentistry, although we are healthcare providers, uh, has been closed by the chief dental officer uh, for everything other than absolute emergency care. Um, so within that, it's strange. It's a, it's a bit like when the restaurants and, and pubs were told you're not allowed to close, but the rest of society was told not to go there. Yeah. Um, we are open, but not actually providing a routine service for anybody. Um, that provides a bit of a difficulty for uh, what is a business um, in that we still have certain overheads and we are only providing emergency care and that's our priority on all of this, that we, we provide some level of care for our patients. Um, the National Health Service has coordinated in Northern Ireland to provide five centralized dental units to provide what is absolute only emergency care, only extreme pain, swelling, bleeding, yeah. infections, things that are life-threatening um, or extremely sore. Um, for, for my wife and I, that's a little bit difficult because we are, in the vast majority, a private dentist. And yeah. um, so uh, government care is all but absent for us. Mm -hmm. um, for National Health Service care, there's a little bit. And everybody will say, oh, boo-hoo, per private dentist, the difficulty in all of this is we all still have to provide a level of care. Yeah. Uh, we, I still have staff to look after. I mm. still have business to run. I still have patients to care for. And my wife and I like to think that we go way above and beyond. Hence, she's out and I'm answering phones. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's. it's a bit strange. Um, there's a feeling of people being de-skilled. Um, there's a lot of fear out there from our patients, from yeah. our staff. Um, and then on the other end, we have two kids that are at home loving life. <laughs> um, you know, this is the most they've seen uh, mom and dad for ages. 
Um, for the past two years, I'd been away doing a, a part-time master's degree in, in England, Manchester. So it's been really great reconnecting with uh, Gabriel. He was born halfway through that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's all a bit chaotic and strange. Um, there's frustrations, but there's there's good things in the midst of it. Um, How will this end, or what's the end game for you? You, you want to get back. You, we hear it in your voice there for your patience. Oh, yes. Um, you read about these emergency extractor fans or you know um, <laughs> air conditioning um super you know super air conditioning yeah. units i'm sounding like trump here that's not my intention. No, okay. <laughs> i'm just trying to get across <laughs> yes what's your we're, plan we're, we're not advocating anybody drinks bleach or uh, <laughs> gets in a sunbed anytime soon um i I've been on the British Dental Association, one of their subcommittees, trying to get things to move forward. People, again, personal takes on these things. As a private dentist, um, we want to get up and going, but we have to wait for the chief dental officer to say that that is safe for us as clinicians and also our patients. Um, we can't stay two metres away from any of our patients, as you can imagine. Uh, so this whole idea of social distancing uh, gets thrown out the window and it turns to personal protective equipment that everybody hears about, uh, which we need more of, and we're going to have to space patients out. Um, that incurs costs, uh, and those costs, I feel, are unlikely to be met by the National Health Service. Mm -hmm. um, and, and though that is the lowest common denominator that the, the health authorities have to go to. Yeah. If, they, if costs go too high and health service um, practices can't afford that, well, then that means there's going to be lots of patients who don't have access to dentistry. Mm. Uh, and so they are trying to figure things out amongst themselves. Um, and in the background, we are trying to go above and beyond what the, the minimum standard of care is. Mm. Um, I, weirdly, in the midst of this, um, my wife and I had big plans to expand. And that was meant to happen at the start of this month. But that's been on the back burner a little bit. But... Yeah. Um, we just want to make sure that our patients are cared for right now. We're looking after our staff best possible to keep their morale up, to keep their heads together uh, and get ready for when the chief dental officer says go so that we can yeah. get back out there and we can provide the, the best evidence-based care that we can uh, rather than what is at the moment. Certainly, I feel um, it's not substandard. We're in the midst of an emergency situation but uh, patients are going to be worse off after this when they haven't accessed dental care for three months. Okay. Chris, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll come back, uh, but uh, let me ask Leslie ann Leslie ann you just started in, in Rich Hill in uh, September mm -hmm. 19. You're, you're finding your feet, I guess, in this role, and suddenly we're thrown into a lockdown yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah, in many ways, I feel as though things haven't really changed as much like compared to Chris like that all that sounds mad you know so yeah. I really I really feel for people in that position Um, personally a lot a lot has changed in how we do things but my week is the same so like this like screen time is is constant now video calls I hadn't heard of most of these video conferencing platforms before this and now I feel like I'm a pro at them uh, so a lot of video calls um, a lot of contacting people just even if it's a message or phone calls because we can't meet in person and um, previously my week would have been spent so I do, I do three days at the church 
and that would be um, meeting with people one-to-one, leading women's Bible studies, some sort of like pastoral care slash counselling type relationships, um, and then like prep as well. So so that is continuing. It's just all now via video calls. Uh, plus there's some new things, which like at, like at the start of lockdown, it felt very overwhelming because you had to figure it all out. I'm sure you guys are the same. Suddenly you're having to use technology that you've never used. You're having to reach out to people in a different way, having to like check in with people that you you know you would have seen regularly, but all of a sudden it feels more pressing to check in maybe more regularly. So like like we we also started a podcast following you Absolutely, guys. Like that yes. totally new. Like so that I've never ever thought about that sort of thing before. So I think initially it was very overwhelming. Whereas now it's just as busy hours wise, but doesn't feel as hectic. Um, so that's not so bad. Like I'm also at Cornhill and that's also on um video calls now. So so like just a lot of changes that way, but my week is the same. And I know that that's not the case for lots of people. So I feel very, very pl- privileged, very blessed that that is the case. Um, sometimes, I'm not going to lie, I feel a little bit jealous that I don't have extra time to <laughs> hear people <laughs> doing all this extra reading. But uh, like that, we are definitely very privileged that I could continue working. Um, whereas Chris, my husband, for example, he yes. has a business and he wasn't able to stay open. So it was a very young shop but like a tool shop and in in its early stage so that was a big change for us and suddenly it was just he wasn't able to work so it was just me working from home he he is now partially open but I think that was probably a bigger shift for him than for for me again in terms of his work and our home life I think has Mm. been positive changes to be honest like we would have each been out a lot in the evenings um, everyone's always running to something whereas actually yeah. now we eat meals together and we're we're both in like sometimes there's calls in the evening but even at that it's not the same as being out all night so I think that's been a real positive actually for us personally um so yeah our dog has never been fitter she is <laughs> getting walked a million times a day now that it's legal um, so yeah like good, good and bad things but no in com- comparison to Chris here there's definitely things are more straightforward Yes. I mean, Leslie, how, firstly, by the way, we love RPC ramblings. Subscribe to that. <laughs> RPC ramblings, or how do you say it up in the north? R. RPC. <laughs> we really enjoy that. Your latest one we had was with um, um, Alistair, uh, the minister, Al down at the minister mm-hmm. at Rich Hill, and you and Alex were talking to him about uh, prayer. Uh, we look forward to that. Do subscribe. But uh, tell us about. Give us one thing that you'll uh, perhaps keep and one thing that you might want to lose whenever you come out of this time uh, for family work. You, you know what I mean? Is there, mm-hmm. will there be changes, Lesnia? Yeah, I, I think definitely. Um, so I, I actually am doing the, the CCEF counselling as well. And that's one of the things that we're thinking about at the minute is how can we improve or learn from this experience moving, moving forward in the local church. I think there's a lot to be learned. Like, we have seen people um, being better equipped to do family worship in their homes. Like that has been a huge movement in our church where parents are actually opening the Bible with their children, spouses with one another, maybe teenagers, teenagers with their parents. And if we're able to equip and resource people to do that in their own home, rather than always coming to the church for things, like that's, that's an incredible thing that has come out of this. Um, I think how, how we touch base with people has become more efficient, if that's fair to say um just being able to to check in and to get to the heart of matters because people are more willing to to actually chat about what's what's really going on 
And I suppose that has had to happen in a more real and direct way, which I hope will continue as well. Um, and definitely people are just, I hope, reading their Bible more. Like, So I originally had uh, a women's Bible study that we would have done. We would have met in the be childcare and all that. And we maybe had 20 women coming along. So that was opened up to see now that people are at home, who else wants to join in? And we now have about 60 women studying the Gospel of Mark. So I've got three different calls. Like, that's incredible. If, if we can have more people being equipped to read the Bible for themselves, feel more confident in doing that. Like, I think that will be really brilliant progress through this. Yeah, Leslie, Anne, good to hear there about you talking about family worship. I mean, even talking to colleagues and friends, hearing that family worship has restarted in households again after it's flagged for a while, or that it's started for the first time, having, having never been any uh, background of that in families and households is, is great to hear. If there's a positive that comes from from all this uh, coronavirus lockdown stuff, and that's certainly uh, certainly one thing. What has uh, congregational worship, again, for lack of a better term, uh, looked like for 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 you guys in in your churches during lockdown? What have you What have you been doing? How have you been uh, engaging? What's what has what what has Sunday worship looked like for you guys? Leslie, Ann, do you want to say first? Yeah, and um, so as with everyone, we've had to adapt and just go with it um to be fair we're very blessed to have a really great team at Mitchell I have to say there's um, a lot of very gifted and creative people so our um Sunday services they're a pre-recorded Sunday service which is more or less a full service by this stage we had pre-recorded a bunch of songs so that's included so people can sing in their homes and we have our prayers of thanksgiving, confession, intercession. And um, we have a reading of children's address that our apprentices record from home and then our sermons. So we do more or less have a full service at this stage. And the hope is that everyone watches that at the same sort of time at home. So there's some sense of worshipping together. Um, then in the evenings, we've got Zoom call, uh, a prayer meeting. Okay. which was initially hilarious, let's be honest, getting everyone on, but it's actually been a really lovely time. Um, it's really lovely just to see faces, if even if you're not speaking to them directly. So that's been yeah. great. And then lots of lots of social media stuff, lots of videos going up. Um, I said, like, like the podcast, different studies happening on, on different calls. Uh, but I think, I think one thing that we've learned is that we really miss worshipping together. So we talk yeah. a lot about grieving the loss of the local church. And even what you were saying about good things that have come out of it, I think that's another one that people hopefully will have a greater longing to actually worship together and a greater understanding of what the worship service is. That as we meet together as God's people, we're doing something very special here as we come into his presence. And so I think that there's been a a great uh, grieving over the loss of that. And I do hope that that will end up in a, a longing to be back together again. Uh, what about yourself, Chris? What's church look like for, for you guys? Uh, great. I sleep in until about 12 o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, church is... Um, we've always... We've been very reactive rather than proactive. Um, and that's not doing a disservice to our church. It's it's just the reality of where we were at. Um, we have been doing uh our minister's been great in, in doing a daily devotional every day since lockdown um i did warn him that that was a hard precedence to set in the first week not knowing how long this would go on for but uh day 54 and he's still adrian's still going really strong uh, and we put that up across our social media platforms and our church announcements whatsapp 
um, we have a Sunday service, which is um, Adrian does a message. There are some pre-recorded things with a few guys in church. Um, different readings, they're all correlated together by uh, a friend of mine, Bill. And then I, I put it up on social media again and the, the church announcements. I really love the church at home thing, not as a, I get the context that we, it's good for us all to be together. I just love the fact that as Christians, we're being forced out of a comfort zone and that we're having mm. to actually consider what we do on a Sunday rather than just turn up and listen. Yeah. We have to be proactive in sitting down with our children and actually doing something. We have to take time aside in our routine. And I agree with Leslie. I think that's a good thing that is coming out of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, we, again, we have Zoom uh, prayer uh, times on a Wednesday night. Um, that's, it's, it's led by three, four, five people. So people join in together for the prayer rather than watching the yellow box bounce around like Billy um, <laughs> that, that and that works really well and I, I think there's a, a lot of good stuff that could come out of that mm. Con- contrarily I would say that um, well I think a good thing is people at home whenever they do sit down there's a lot of resources out there uh, and people are getting to expand their mind and God is able to teach them in new ways but I think that as a church we could or should uh, have used this time maybe to we all have a lot of time on our hands for a, a mm. lot of people uh, mm. and this was a perfect opportunity to uh, consider what the vision of our church is about and how we can get people's considering those things at home and resourcing them in a more focused way rather than mm. a broad here's the internet pick and choose mm-hmm. um, actually this is what we want to be at the end of this lockdown and focus towards that and as the people of God come out with a a single vision and a mindset and a thought process rather than still being uh, reactive as to oh what's happening next what's happening next mm-hmm. um, but so I think there's definitely there's a lot more good than than just bad I love the fact that on our Facebook we're reaching three times more people than I see on a Sunday morning uh, I love that the people who are messaging into Facebook um, and leaving comments are not members of our church. These are, <laughs> yeah. are people, you know, that there's definitely a sense of uh, people searching or getting interested uh, and wanting to, you know, how we can plan for that in the future would be a great thing. Leslie, and we've been enjoying, um, as we've said before, the the, the comments on. Uh, in RPC ramblings, but tell us a little bit more about thoughts around the wider church. We've, we've thought about the local. How is this going to affect the wider? Mm. I, th- I think even even what Chris is already saying about the reach has been very interesting that now people who maybe we wouldn't, well, maybe we'd invite them, but they might not necessarily come along to the local church are interested enough to tune in. So I think, I think it has implications on our evangelism that way and, and maybe thinking how can we maybe reach out to more people in our community that aren't necessarily involved or aren't coming into our buildings, but are still there, are still interested, are still very concerned about this whole scenario, are wondering, is there a purpose to this all? Is there someone in control? And um, so I think that there's big implications there on how we do um, 
evangelism as a church but as individuals of the church as well so I think other implications just maybe as the church has seen that we are the united body of Christ that it's not necessarily each local congregation on their own but even even that PCI for example has taken a stand on things universally I think that's helpful to see a united front and that we are the people of God we are the united church that we love one another that we care for one another in this and so there's maybe just more implications beyond our individual local congregations even what we're doing now getting to do this is part of being part of that wider church the body lovely Chris thoughts um (laughs) I have far too many thoughts on this um (laughs) we are as a society we're stuck in fear right now um And we as a church have the ultimate hope and we have got to be showing that a heck of a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just, you know, on Sundays, but how we resource our congregations for their every day in the midst of this. Um, I sort of perceive three types of people coming out of COVID, uh, not the sickness, but uh, in their heads. There are those who are... Um, absolutely trapped by fear there and and they sort of become very introvert and it's I have to look after myself in the midst of this we have people who are out helping but it's only helping if it's on social media or seen by others Um, and then I would hope that there are the we who are out there out of true genuine uh, Christ-filled love offering help to uh, neighbours and showing just a, a third way to live in the midst of this where it is difficult, but we we have a hope. We, it is difficult, mm-hmm. but we are getting on with things and yeah. really doing it for the right reasons. Um, and that comes from everything from my neighbour offering to get them uh, some something at the supermarket to why do I go to my work every day? Why do I go to one by one? I, I go yeah. there because it's from him and it's for him. I'm yes. there to treat those patients because that is Christ working through me to treat those patients and to serve them. And yeah. I put them above myself in the midst of that. Um, and I think as a we, we have to do better at that as a, as a church. Um, and this is our opportunity. This is We've been sent away from our churches to our training grounds. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't going to get back to church anytime soon. Mm. Um, and how do we be proactive with that as a bigger church, as PCI or whatever? Well, if as a dental practice in the midst of this, I can start uh, tele-dentistry and do video conferencing with people. Our churches and our ministers need to be proactive and set that up because there's a lot of old, vulnerable people who will not be out of congregations or on a Sunday morning for a long time. Mm. Um, and, and on the other side of that, my wife pointed out, we have made going to a prayer meeting really easy when you have kids. Uh, That's true. If we, if we do Zoom calls, um, you know, she said, if, if this was a prayer meeting every Wednesday, I wouldn't miss one. You know, we can still have a number of people gathering together on a computer, which allows that reach to extend so much further. So... If you have a newborn baby and they're going to bed at eight o'clock, I don't have to drive three, four miles to go somewhere else and, and you know, disrupt everything. Um, how do our small groups start to to evolve out of this using um, 
video video calling and conferencing. Um, and there's an expectation for all those people that we've now reached who aren't used to church and they're seeing a particular style, would I say, on our Facebook, Instagram, yeah. on a Sunday morning, which is very uh, well produced. Um, how does that reflect when we come back to the reality of a Sunday service? Yeah. Uh, and their expectations of this is a very, call it progressive, don't want to use the word entertaining, but just things are done very well and a certain standard has been met. And then they come to, maybe come to church at the end of that and that expectation is not met. But how do we correlate that all together? I think as a church, we need to start considering these things or still keeping in contact with people who have contacted us mm-hmm. in the on the internet. Uh, in the virtual world and might not just come and rock down on a Sunday morning. Uh, I think there's a heck of a lot of stuff there that we need to hedge around our church services. Thanks, Chris, uh, for the reflections and taking us to to consider the tools. Very often we use these things like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and we don't put a lot of thought into what it is as a wider church to use those tools and the effects those tools have on our message. whether it's too professional, too slick and the performance or, or it's not reaching out of the filter bubble that the tools themselves place on, on the on the content. There's a lot to be th- thought about and thought through here, mm. probably by folk with a higher pay grade than mine. But it, it's, it's good to it's good to consider it. Guys, just before we move to to wrapping up our, our, our time together, how can how can our listeners pray for you how can we pray for you leslie ann how can we pray for uh your your family the work that you're doing down there in in rich hill um yeah thank you that's really kind um i think a lot of what we talked about actually is the very things that we need to be praying about so are we being um not just efficient or trendy or whatever with our content but are we actually doing something that's worthwhile um and and something that's very prevalent even chris husband Chris and I have talked about this um about the longevity that's needed here so that we wouldn't just like we've we've really got to know our neighbors very well but wouldn't it be devastating if that stopped after lockdown so I think just praying for longevity and loving people well and and still sharing the gospel even in in ministries that we've maybe honed in on, on improvements that that wouldn't just be for now but long-term thinking ahead I think there's lots to pray for there um but no we, we've lots to be thankful for too we're, we're very thankful for how God has worked in this time and um, even just growing us in patience and, and grace for one another and um, growing people's love for the church so we've lots to be thankful for as well thank you uh, and same question yourself then Chris how can we pray for you for your business your family yeah. your church for family um Definitely for patience and grace uh, in the midst of being locked up with a wife and two kids for an <laughs> extraordinarily long uh, time. Um, but uh, that we are becoming better godly husbands and wives and better godly parents in the midst of this. For our church, that this refocuses minds uh, onto Christ and what he wants for our church rather than just the status quo that can often be PCI Church. Um, and for our business, uh, I've 
debated or discussed with Ben many times how I believe what we do in our certainly in working life is as important as what you guys do as ministers. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just that we are good stewards in the midst of this, that we are godly bosses in the midst of this, that mm. more people, we can, we can be good leaders to friends and family around us, that they might see that what we do every day is for Christ and with Christ and by Christ. Uh, and that patience will notice that and we can be loving and caring in the midst of this. Mm. Um, that our staff will recognize that we went above and beyond for them. And the reason for that was Christ. Um, and that we will come out of this flourishing at one by one uh, and growing rather than regressing in fear. But we can trust and hope in a, in a good God who has uh, good and great plans for us to reveal himself through us to, to many more people. Um, I, I kind of get a bit strangely excited even in the midst of this, because my account would tell me different. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it, you know, there's exciting times ahead. Um, but, you know, Christ can work through us in the midst of this uh, seeming mess, and we can hold our heads together and lead and point people to a massively great hope mm. rather than a, a fear and uh, introvertness um, that so many have. Thank you so much, uh, Chris, for bringing our, our time together on a, to, to close on an uplifting note. Christ is indeed the joy of our salvation. Mm -hmm. And, brother, uh, the dentists aren't forgotten by us. And we, we, <laughs> we, we thank you for, for your work there. Uh, and we trust and pray that um, uh, that there will be that uh, the B. Uh, uh, DA will 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 work with the government, and there will be that uh, that uh, that release soon and very soon for for normal uh, dentistry work. Uh, and thank you for uh, taking us uh, into that a little bit and sharing your thoughts, Leslie Ann. Thank you for um, your work down in Rich Hill for the podcasting um, for sharing that with us. You didn't have to, you guys didn't have to do that. You could have just put it out in in the congregation. Um, and we thank you for that and for uh, letting us. Uh, into that into that world uh, down outside the Belfast bubble, <laughs> <laughs> down in lovely Rich Hill, County Armagh. Listeners, I hope you have enjoyed our time together talking with Leslie Ann and Chris. Um, if you like uh, this episode, do um, give it a retweet and a like. As we wrap up, let me say you can get Craig at Rookie Minister on Twitter. I am Ben S. Preston, though I, I don't tweet all that often. Leslie Ann, what's your Twitter handle? Yeah, Craig asked me, and I have to admit, like, I don't know. I think it's LA Wilkinson 4, but it I don't. Is. Okay, thank you. Because I don't have Twitter <laughs> on my phone, I couldn't even check. But yes, that you can find me there. <laughs> you are a tweeter, Leslie Ann. You have a. Uh, I'm a liker. You're a liker. Yeah, I'm a liker. Do you know, like, I'm that sort of person, I, and I don't really tweet much. But yeah, come along, see what I'm liking. <laughs> and, uh, Chris, are you on uh, Twitter? Oh, yes, I am at Chunk Drumbo, um, because most people around PCI know me as Chunk rather than yeah. Chris. So yeah, <laughs> I'm from Drumbo, so Chunk Drumbo. That's kind of. <laughs> I have been uh, try I've, I've tried to be professional through this and not call you Chunk. Yeah, <laughs> it's better than Hunky Chunky the Funky Monkey, which is I remember uh, everything else I'm on. 
Okay, so um, please uh, give us a like, give us a retweet for this episode as it's released on Twitter. Um, We really appreciate everyone who's listening. We love podcasting as a medium. You have to work through this uh, whole episode with us. And we enjoy the intimacy that uh, that allows us uh, as a medium. Um, you can't kind of stop or jump or, or, or anything like that there. <laughs> <laughs> so th- thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for being our audience. And, and we hope uh, that if you re- like and retweet it, there's a book to be given away, isn't there, Craig? What do we have? Flip, I don't know, like a copy of the Beano from 1995 <laughs> no, or something. No. I Sorry, I was asking the wrong person. I should have asked Leslie Ann. Leslie Ann, what book would you like to recommend uh, for the listeners to give away? You were reading something about uh, clowns. Yeah, well, yeah. I had. Um, I've started a book recently called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. I think that's what it's called. Um, on lament and how we've lost the art of lament in our churches. And I think it's very appropriate to this time of, of learning that it's okay to lament, that that's good and biblical. Now, I haven't finished it, so I'm really sorry if it turns out it's a horrific ending. But so far, it's been great. Now, all that remains for me to do is to um, wish you a good morning, uh, a good night or good evening or whenever you're, you're, you're listening. Uh, and ha- have a good lockdown. Have a good lockdown. You can cut that (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to PCI Cast. Join us again next time for another conversation about life and faith in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. In the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Twitter using at PCI Cast. See you next time. This is going to be fun to cut together. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys in uh, RPC Rambo do it in one take or try your best yeah, to have? Yeah, I have to admit, I was thinking the whole time, I was like, this would be a nightmare to edit. <laughs> yeah, we, we do and um, we do it in one take and then I like edit out pauses or that sort of stuff and like put the intro and the outro on, but like the music, but that's it. So this like fair play, if this is what you're going to edit. You know, to, be, to be fair, most of the editing every week is, is, is editing out Ben going, so... um. So, um, um, what, what, why, why, how, you okay? You know? Stop. He's, he's, he's an eloquent lad is our Ben. <laughs> <laughs>